Welcome to a very special edition of the Bingo Hall Podcast. I am your host, Jose Rivera, and my co-host, Dione, and I will be reviewing Friday Night Rampage and Saturday Night Dynamite from October 15th and October 16th. So please enjoy, sit back, relax, and let's get it. The reason we haven't done a podcast in about two weeks is because of me, not Dione. I got work. Work's been kicking my ass. Do a lot of overtime. I get home. I'm super tired. I don't got the energy or even the motivation to do anything once I get home. So this is all on me. And hope you guys enjoy this one at least. Right, let's go. What are we starting off with? Well, before we start reviewing the shows, I want to talk about a little something that just happened a couple of hours ago. Okay. Something that's very important. Something that hasn't been done since WCW existed. Oh, I know, I know where you're coming. All right, let's go, let's go. AEW. The B Show, Rampage, just beat the A Show SmackDown in the most important demo. Okay? The 1849 demo. For those who don't understand why that's a big deal, that's because that's what advertisers look at for your show. Your show can get 100,000 viewers. That's not a lot, right? But if all 100,000 viewers were aged 18 to 49, that's going to get you some money when it's time for your contract to be negotiated again. You understand? That's a very important fucking number. And, and here's the kicker, okay? Here's the fucked up part about that. It what Rampage wasn't even like a money show. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't it have, wasn't. They didn't have Kenny Omega versus Brian or Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. They had Ruby Soho, who I love by the way, but let's be honest and realistic, she is not on that level, right? Mm-hmm. And the bunny. That was oh, the I'm match. S- I'm sick of the bunny, man. That was the match going up against Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. <laughs> and they tied. And they tied. Oh, people rather see Ruby Soho than Brock Lesnar. Ain't that and then CM Punk versus Matt Seidel, who's Great a mid-carter match. in AEW, also a mid-carter in WWE. They beat Sasha and Becky, two women who main evented WrestleMania. I mean, Becky's new character is probably why a lot of people are not really interested in it. And plus, it's CM Punk and Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel is no scrub. But he's not a draw. Let's keep it, like I said. Yeah, he's not a draw, but he's not a scrub either, you know? That match was pretty but good. But it's Sasha and Becky. Sasha has been on TV besides wrestling. That's, very, that's, that's epic to me, all right? AEW is a two-year-old company. WWE has been around for decades. And again, it was the A show versus the B show. And they still lost. And it was the only reason why they lost was because of their arrogance. They didn't have to make SmackDown commercial free for an extra half hour. They didn't have to do that. But they got arrogant. They got cocky. And they lost. They can hold a- that shit. AEW kind of did the same with the buy-in on YouTube, to be honest. But YouTube, but YouTube doesn't count for ratings, though. Do it. It's yeah, free. Right. And they gave us Brian and Suzuki, which I don't yeah, know imagine- why you... Imagine, yeah, imagine if they would have switched the matches. Imagine if it was Suzuki and Brian on Rampage instead of Bunny and, and Ruby. Come on, man. Yeah, they, 
I mean, I don't know why they did it like that, but the match was confidence. the match. The match was good though. For a free match on YouTube, that match was fucking amazing. I don't know why you think it's lower than four stars. I think it's about four and a quarter, maybe four and a half. I did not say it was lower than. Oh no, that was the Bobby Fish match. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was the Bobby Fish match. Damn, I just kind of spoiled low rating, but yeah, I got it mixed up. That's my bad. I just wanted to bring that up because the excuses. Oh no, we have to bring it up. Make. We have to bring it up. That if people wanted to watch CM Punk on Rampage, the ratings wouldn't go down, right? Well, what's the excuse for SmackDown not getting 2 million viewers on FS1? If people wanted to watch, they would have watched it, but they didn't. Keep that same energy. That's the only thing I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from this. Let's start the review. Uh, so the buying started off with Ty Conny versus Santana Garrett. I completely skipped the match. If you watched it, you can review it for us. For everybody right. can hear. So this match was not very good. These two ladies had a match two years ago on NXT. It was awful. Okay, so this was a little better than their NXT match. But what this match proved to me was that Ty Conti has gotten a lot better working with QT Marshall and Cody Rhodes in their, in their training school. And Santana Garrett just fucking sucks. That's what this match taught me. Right. I don't know if she if they signed her. I hope not. Because hope she, not. she was a jobber in NXT and then they let go of her. Nobody cared about her. I mean, to her. be fair, so was Ty Conti. So yeah, but Ty Conti was more, how could I say? She got more recognition than her. So I guess. But anyway, this match was in slow motion, but not because of Ty Conti, it was because <laughs> of Garrett. You know, she like I said, she she's awful. Uh Ty Con her. Ty Conti, I think she's still slow, like when it comes to like actual wrestling moves, like suplexes and, and shit like that. I think she still needs work. But in terms of her striking, that looks very good. So she, she has that down packed. She won the match with her finisher, of course, the DD Ty. I hate that finisher name and I hate the finisher itself. But she won, and that's the important part. The crowd was really into her. Okay. And I think she. She should be maybe like maybe not the finals, but at least like the semifinals. Yeah, I think she should CBS go deep. Tournament. I think she should go deep in the tournament, like really deep, not like super deep. But she has everything they want, right? She's very attractive. She's charismatic. The crowd loves her. Yeah, she could get her mic skills up more. She'll be she'll be golden. Yeah, that, that's all she needs to be honest. Her that's English is still kind of broken, so she's in use of. But I, I think give her time. If she works with Cody more on it, I think she'll, she'll, be, she'll be good eventually. And I think she's in for something big that we'll get into a little later. The next match was Lee. I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm sorry. Yeah, me neither. I don't know how to say that. Lee something versus Bobby Fish. I thought this match was pretty decent. It was hard for me to get into it because I really don't care about either of these guys just yet. But it was decent. Uh, some notable spots in the match. They worked you know pretty technical uh they worked their body parts mostly the arms he was pretty more he was more over than i expected you know he got 50 50 chance with bobby fish so that was kind of cool uh bobby hit like this exploder suplex into the ropes that he did a, that lee did a fucking crazy flip for it, it, that looked nice and then he hit his knockout finisher i don't know i forgot the name of it but he hit his finisher for the win nice job by bobby fish i think he 
I think he just got signed too, the league guy. I think he's all yeah, they, bo- they both got signed like in the last two weeks, I think. Yeah. I mean, Bobby's just going to be a, a jobber. He's a, he's he, a veteran, you know? He, yeah. He's a nice addition to the roster, regardless of my opinion of him. He'll get the spunk going for these up-and-comers. He's like another Matt Seidel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, pretty like, much. Yeah, that's the best way to explain it, to be honest. It's Matt Seidel ain't going to do nothing. Unless they, unless they get titles for Dark and Elevation, Dark Tag yeah, titles yeah. or something. Fuck they no. won't, but... Hey, that's a that's a little good idea though. No. Well, anyways, it anyways, let's just get to the next match. My favorite match of the entire night. Danielson and Suzuki. Man, that shit was fucking great. Suzuki's forearm to Brian when he just dropped was my favorite spot. One of my favorite spots of the match. That was my favorite spot of the match. Well, he look like he was out cold. The crowd was behind it, and it was it looked like he really fucking knocked him out. Man, that was so good. I was hyped watching the whole match. I watched it twice. I had to rewatch it again. That's how good it was to me personally. But man, Suzuki, I don't know, bro. Like, for his age, moving the way he does, doing what he does with these wrestlers, he's having a great U.S. tour. Yeah, so I don't know tour. if it was just... I don't know if it was just Brian because I was scared for a moment because I thought his match with with Moxley, I mean I'm I'm pretty sure the cut that he got in that match was the reason why it was cut short. Um, but it wasn't that good even before that. So I, I was, and then the tag match that he had with Lance Archer versus Moxley and Kingston, I thought that also wasn't that good. So I was getting kind of worried that Father Time was catching up to him. Yeah, I thought the same thing, but maybe not. Again, it could have just been Brian. Who knows? We'll see his next match. Brian's the ghost, so um, yeah, exactly. I'm, bi- so. I'm biased on that, so I will say it was Brian. But because you saw the match he had with Kenny Omega, so but yeah, it could have just been Brian carrying him. But like I said, we'll we'll see the next match. Uh, there was a lot of submission attempts that were trading back and forth. So this match wasn't like a a wrestling match. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they didn't do a bunch of suplexes or anything like that. It was mostly striking. And it was mostly submission attempts, which, again, I think that's a big reason why I wasn't as into it as everybody else, because there was a lot of pauses. But I can't deny that it was fucking amazing. It was great. The running knee to finish the match off was perfectly executed also. Yeah, that was Not since we on topic, the way you was just saying, like it was submission and striking. I think a good opponent for Brian would be somebody that I haven't heard about in a while. I think he's still in New Japan right now. Zack Sabre Jr. I think they'll have a phenomenal match. I mean, they're considered the the most technical wrestlers in the world. So exactly, I will yeah. I will pay to see that. I'll I mean, pay gonna, to see I think that. it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen in Japan, most likely. Yeah, probably. All right. So, All right, we... so after that, we had a nice little promo hyping up Junior Dos Santos and Jorge Masvidal. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't watch it, uh, <laughs> but it happened. I didn't watch it either. All right, so um, then after then we finally got to the actual show, which was Rampage. We started off the night commercial-free, CM Punk versus Matt Seidel. This was a great match. It was a what you expect from CM Punk. A lot of chain wrestling and Matt wrestling. Now, 
the thing with CM Punk that he, I guess he's trying to get over is the body slam. Very old school move. He did it like three times in this match. Two times in the ring and one time on the apron. And he got it so over that the crowd chanted one more time in <laughs> Spanish, though. And I really appreciated that, being Hispanic myself. I love Miami keeping the Hispanic energy out there. I fucks with that heavy. But yeah, they chanted, do it. They chanted otra vez, which means one more time. And then uh, after that, you know, a couple more spots, a lot of striking going on. And then my favorite part was Matt Seidel going to the top rope, teasing a shooting star press. Here's <laughs> a fun it. fact for you. Loved it. Since he botched it in his debut a couple years ago, he has not even attempted to do the shooting star press. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I know he came out with as the Joker, then he got on top and just completely busts his ass. Yep. He didn't even try it since then. Damn, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I didn't even know that. So then the finish came when uh, he jumped off the top rope. He went for a crucifix on CM Punk. And he kind of like held them up in the air. And then he tossed them up. And, and then he hit him with a GTS for the win. I love that finish. I thought it was very different. I enjoyed it a lot. And then after the match, they gave each other a handshake and then a hug, showing some love. And that was it. Like I said, pretty great match. Punk's run so far away. AEW's been great. Most of his matches have been great. Darby, great. And then this one. Uh, maybe. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. Honestly, I think his worst match was Darby Allen. Yeah, not that I think, but that's why I was just like, eh, right now. It was a good match, but every match after that has just been fucking great. The match against De against Garcia was good too. Yeah. I, I, and I the way he sold and like the way that. he sold it, he had you know, Garcia was shooting for his legs a lot. His leg was injured. And instead of going for the GTS, he went for the fin for the um what's that? What's his submission move? In the kind of vice. There you go. He went for that instead of D the GTS because of his legs. And it made yep. sense. And that's yep. veteran. That's that's being a veteran right there. I didn't watch Ruby Soho versus Bunny. I don't know if you did or not. If you did, oh, okay. yeah, you want to talk about it? Yeah, I watched. Okay, so here are my notes for this match. I liked the shoes Ruby was wearing. I fucked with them. I I, I liked them a lot. What shoes she was wearing? I honestly forgot. <laughs> but I just wrote it down while watching. So... I'll figure it out. Uh, the match was whatever, to be honest. It was it was whatever. Commentary was pretty funny for it, though. Uh, Taz was singing her song. They were talking about how much they liked the bunny because the way she, uh, the facial expressions that she has on her face. Yeah, I enjoyed the commentary more than the match. I love Taz on commentary. The worst spot of, of, of the match, Ruby went for a flatliner on the outside. Now, for those who don't know what a flatliner is, is when you grab the opponent by their neck, like you're about to do like a rock bottom, for example. You, their arm is over your shoulder, and then you put your leg on the inside of their leg so that you trip them forward so they land on their face, so they face plant. <laughs> so that's what Ruby did. But the problem was Bunny's face was nowhere near the ground. But she sold it like she fucking died. <laughs> okay. That is a huge problem for me. 
that's the problem with a lot of the women. They're, I feel like they're scared to bump. They are. They look like they really don't want to take a bump. They don't want to break their little precious nails, get their makeup all fucked up and shit. Now, that's not like, all of them, but... Some yeah. of them are kind of sensitive. Now, my favorite spot of this, of this match, it actually was a good spot. Ruby was on the middle rope. Bunny reversed her position. So Ruby was facing, her back was facing the bunny. She super kicked her face, and then she hit a German suplex. It looked very nice. I'll give her that. She got, she did that for, for a near fall. And then I think she, I don't know what her finisher is called. I'm assuming it was her finisher. She went for it, but then Ruby reversed it into a roll-up for the win. And then Penelope came out to, you know, to cheap shot her, like always. That's, that's what they do. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the whole Penelope and Bunny together feuding with everybody. I'm not a big fan of it at all. The only reason I'm liking this is because I'm assuming they're going to bring in somebody to help Ruby out. But who are they bringing in? I hope it's not Sarah Logan, though. That's, uh, they probably won't. But who would, who else would it be, though? I don't know. But I mean, She's gonna fight mm. them two on one. You're right. So who who can they bring in? Who just got released? Nobody. You're right. Everybody. Uh, maybe they could bring an impact. Maybe Mickey yeah. James. Ooh, I, been, I'll be down for that. Yeah, she's been really big with trying to spark, you know, a little woman's revolution again. She did well. She did the all women's pay per view for with NWA, which was pretty fucking good. I heard. Yeah, it was. It was I won't. Good. I won't mind if it's Mickey James. I love Mickey. I, I love yeah, her. I love Mickey. Love her. All right, and then we get to the to the main event with the Inner Circle and American Top Team. Really, really kind of sagged off at this match. Only spots I really saw was. Hager put in Junior Dos Santos to the table and like little other stuff. I really didn't focus too much on this match because I knew that it was going to do something again on Dynamite. So I just kind of completely skipped it, to be honest with you. Well, I, I didn't really pay attention either. Like my notes just say JDS, he looks like Sagat. Who don't know, people who don't know who Sagat is, he is a character from the Street Fighter series, the fighting game Street Fighter. It was a good look. It was a, it was a good look. And he looked like he was having fun in the ring, so that's always nice. He hit a nice little power slam on Jericho. I mean, he has potential. I see him, like, every time I looked up and see him, he has potential. He has it. He looks like he really wants to do this. And that's yeah. one thing I like about that. I like his whole vibe. He looks like he really wants to do this. And I, I see potential in him. He's getting a little too old. Not super potential, but he can be decent. He could be a decent wrestler. Yeah. My favorite spot of the match is Sammy Guevara acting like he Ray Phoenix out here doing a double fucking springboard into a nice uh, oh yeah it um, nice cutter yeah on Scorpio Sky nice. it was Scorpio Sky right yeah it was Scorpio Sky yeah it was him yeah that was gorgeous I'm a you know me I'm a big Sammy fan another favorite spot of mine was Chris Jericho hitting his lion salt now it's a move he always does but just for the fact that he's like, I think 50 now, and he's still doing that move. 
it's just it's still impressive to me that he yeah, he's a little heavier so it's like it's really yeah, that impressive too. that he can do it yeah that too yeah and then again you already mentioned it but hager putting jake uh junior dos santos through a table that was pretty nice especially he got height on that jump boy you see yeah that? that's what i'm saying <laughs> that's height on that uh, he he did the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar chokeslam from years ago. That's what they yeah, just did. Yeah, that's what, yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. He sold the hell out of it. That's what I'm saying. He got potential, bro. This dude got potential to be a decent wrestler. He got uh, it. He got he got the he got the got the spunk for it. Yeah, he do. All right, but the now that let's, uh, let's, let's finish with Rampage. All right. The, the finish came when Jericho had Scorpio Sky in the walls and Jericho. Paige Van Zant got on the apron to distract the referee. That led into Masvidal hitting his running knee attack. And then Scorpio Sky pinned Jericho. So are they setting up Jericho and Mazadov at full gear? Probably. I mean, Mazadov does have a fight in December. Which is what surprises me that he's actually going to, if they yeah. go that route, he's risking injury before the fight. That's scary. Because I really want to see that fight, so. I don't want him getting injured. So, the, so does my brother. If y'all want another little UFC podcast, you have to go at it. I don't know shit. That's over for Rampage. Let's get into Dynamite. Hold up. We're not nah, done. Let's get, all right, hurry up there. I'm going to get into Dynamite. I'm hyped to talk about Dynamite. And then Pride and Powerful came out to make the fucking save. Inner circles back together, bitches. There. Move on. There you go. Now let's jump into Dynamite. Let's start off with the match of the fucking night. Mm, not poly match, yeah, poly match of the fucking night. Dante and Malachi. Dude, Dante has so so much fucking potential, bro. If they let, he just needs to, he needs to get his promos intact. He's still young, so he has a lot to grow. That fucking match was fucking great, bro. His promo, he's already a better promo than Jungle Boy. And well, Darby yeah, Darwin, I think. well, yeah, but he still got a lot to learn. I think right, him being, I still, think him being like, with Leo Rush, him being with Leo Rush could help him. It could benefit him a lot. All right, but, but my point is, he's like five years younger than both of them. That's my point. He's already ahead. Yeah. Who he reminds me of? I'm trying to think. Who the fuck can he remind me of? He reminds me of uh, Ricochet. There you go. But he Bro, can I've, been, talk. I've been trying to... <laughs> Shit, bro. Ricochet really can't talk. Nope. He's been in WWE for how long? Like two years now? Maybe three? No, more than two, obviously. He's been there like, what, four years now? And still for the... Signing, he signed in... Yeah, three years. He signed in 2018, I think. For the life of him, dude can't fucking talk, bro. And it's like, he tries, but you can't take him serious. Yeah. Anyway, let's get let's get off of Ricochet. Let's... Let's go back into this match. So right. earlier when we talked about Brian and versus Suzuki, and I talked about how the match wasn't really a quote-unquote wrestling match. It was like a striking and submission. Malachi Black is another example of that, but I, I, don't, I don't know if it's just his intensity when he does the shit, but like to me, it's just so much better when Malachi does that. Like, can he, it's, like I said, it's his intensity it's like he literally is trying to break your fucking leg off. Or he's trying to kick your head off when he throws a kick. I don't know. It's just much more realistic for me. Yeah, that's me. that new Japan style. But we just had a Japan guy in Suzuki. 
And I still like Malachi's style more, even though it's technically the same style. I, I don't know how to explain it. I just find it. Maybe it's because I like him more. I don't know. Malachi is his character and overall is fucking great. His entrance, character, promo, wrestling. Dude has it, bro. He has it all. Yeah, he, he has it all. But anyway, into the match. Story of this match was obviously Dante is a high flyer. Malachi Black wanted to negate that. So he was working on his leg, his knee. He was going for knee bars. He was going for single leg crabs. And, of course, just kicking the fuck out of him the whole time. <laughs> a big spot in the match was when Dante hit a big poison Rana. Who uh, That's just another name for a reverse Hern Karana. Uh, Black hit a big Meteora off the middle rope. Into, and then, oh, my favorite spot. He hit a roundhouse kick into a German suplex for a near fall. I love the way that looked. It was beautiful. He needs to use it more. It it was gorgeous. It I haven't gorgeous. seen him do that since his indie days. Okay. Because he has the freedom now. Anyways, yeah. Let's get away from that. Dante then hit a big hurrying Karana off the top rope for a two count. And then he hit a springboard moonsault. I got scared when he went for that moonsault because Malachi had a rush to get in front of him. Because he jumped before Malachi was in position. So I thought that shit was going to end real bad. Good on Malachi for making that look as and good that's as That's a veteran move right there from, Ma yeah, from Malachi right there. Yeah, that could have ended real bad. And then the finish came when Black got him in a single leg crab again. But then he let it go because his ribs all of a sudden started hurting. And then mm -hmm. Dante went to the outside. And Leo was on the outside. He was, Leo Rush was managing him in this match. And Leo was telling him, do not climb to the top rope. Dante did not listen. He jumped off the top rope anyway. And mind you, this kid is talented. Okay, He's 20 years old. And he knew to only jump on the top rope with, with one, one leg, leg. Because Malachi was working on his knee the whole time. So instead of being an indie shit-tard for still doing the spots, he decided, I'm just going to jump with one leg. Malachi moved out of the way of the springboard, kicked him in the fucking face with the black mass. A beautiful black mass. He sold the hell out of it, man. That's and, my me favorite part, and my favorite part is he did not go for the pin until like 20 seconds later, and he still got the three count. They are selling the black mass like it's a fucking killer. You get hit with it, you could be down for 10 minutes. It don't matter. He's still getting the three count. Like I his Ro that. Roman Razor Spears. Ugh, it's, it's, just, it's just like that. But obviously better. You know. One thing I, I really liked after the match is the nod he gave him. That just gave me, like in the notes, Undertaker and Jeff Hardy vibes. Yeah, so for those who remember that, Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy ladder match from 2002. Uh, Undertaker beat the shit out of Jeff Hardy in that match. <laughs> but, but Jeff Hardy hung in there, though. You know, he hung in there, and he almost won. And then Undertaker gave him his respect. This, this match pretty much did the same thing, except it wasn't a ladder match, of course. It was awesome. Awesome. Okay, so after the match, we had a Jurassic Express promo. J Jungle Boy didn't sound too bad on the promo. I forgot what he said, but he didn't sound too bad. 
sound a little more natural than usual, but um, they got attacked by the super elite and Jurassic Express got, uh, well, Luchasaurus, sorry. He got put through a table. So the power bomb that they kind of botched. Okay, I remember. Week, yeah, it was backstage, right? No, it was during the match. During the match? No, well, the power bomb they hit uh, this time was backstage, but I'm talking about they botched okay, yeah. the power okay. bomb in a oh. match last week. Yeah, I remember so I guess, that one. So I guess this was the redo, and they got it right this time. Right this time. Yeah. It was on It was on um, being the Lee also. Yeah. That was super, super cringy. The facial expressions. I don't, did you see it? Did you see them? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. You saw the facial expressions, right? Yeah. I think the best facial expression was Matt Jackson. He looked like he was I, constipated. Like, you can't take BTE too seriously. Like, <laughs> it's obviously them fucking around, so. Oh, I fucking love it. Uh, all right, then we get into the inner circle promo with America's, what is it? I don't even remember America's even the name of them. American Top Team. I really don't care for them. That's why I don't remember their name. I only like that dude, Dan, whatever his name is. Damn, what's his name? Dan Lambert? Yes. So much you know I don't care about him. That dude got major fucking heat, by the way. He can't even fucking say a word without the crowd booing the fucking hell out of him. You can't fucking hear him. He tries so now, hard. You can see the veins in his fucking neck, bro. And he still could barely hear him. Yeah, my man loses his voice every single week. <laughs> every single week, bro. It's like his voice is cracking more and more because he's fucking losing it. <laughs> now, I can't... I'm not going to be biased and say that he gets more heat, but the last person to get this much heat on a weekly basis was Vicky Guerrero. Nobody has gotten this much heat since her. And it's kind of ridiculous. Damn. I, I just said, I just thought about it right now. Like, I'm really trying to think. And it's great because NJF got a little bit of heat, but not what this dude has. The minute he yeah, comes nah. out, they're booing him. They boo him out the arena. Damn. Yeah, it's not even close to me. And honest. the crazy part is both of them are not even wrestlers. Vicky or yep. Dan. That's yep. the that's the sad part. Yeah, that's true. So this whole segment was kind of spent roasting uh Paige Van Zant. Uh, listen, I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it real. She is very attractive. Okay. She is I'm very attractive. And my girlfriend's think, a, my girlfriend's probably listening to this, but she is. Right, you can continue. You know, I'm not trying to get in trouble with the wifey, you know? Oh, oh no, no, no. Nothing. I'm not going to go there. I'm just saying, like, she has a good... Okay, let, let's, let's use better words. She has a very good look to be a professional wrestler. She does. Her facial expressions, she has charisma. The only thing we don't know is if she's actually a good wrestler or not. Her facial expressions but, were on point in that promo. Yeah. But the promo was centered around her, essentially. That's why I wanted to bring it up, because for all we know, she could, she's probably secretly in training, because I don't think she's going to be fighting much longer. She why got released that? from the UFC, and she's fighting for this promotion called Bare Knuckle Boxing. 
something uh, like that. And she's lost both her fights there. She's 0-2. So I don't know. If, and she's on a pretty big contract, so I don't know if they'll keep her. But either way, she'll just be gone. AEW will pay her just as much, and she'll be a lot safer. She'll keep that pretty face intact. She can keep doing her Instagram thing, and she can wrestle, like I said. I think that's, this is this will be the right career move for her. And she's only like 26. She's like the same age as all the other girls in AEW. So my gosh, she's the same age as me. So it's perfect for her. Oh fuck, what am I doing in my life? My favorite part of this promo was Dan Lambert calling Sammy Guevara Tiny Tim. <laughs> I, I don't know why I laughed at that so much, but um I I thought it was very funny. I don't think it was funny, but I'm biased. I'm biased. Now, so. I, don't, I don't understand really where this is going because he made it sound like the men of the year were going to challenge Sammy in a handicap match for the TNT title or they were going to do a tag match between men of the year versus Sammy and another member of the inner circle. Like, I didn't really understand the direction of the promo from here. I didn't get it. I don't understand where this shoot is going unless it's leading to Mazadov and Jericho. If not, then I have no idea where this is going. But but that's my point because Sammy was talking about how he was gonna whip both their asses. That that that's why I, I, I don't I didn't get it from then. Like I didn't understand what was going on after that. But I guess we'll find out. I mean if they do set up a handicap match. Why would it be for the TNT title, you know? Who would be the champion? The one that pins Sammy? And then, what, they're going to feud now? Man of exactly. The that's, that's what I'm saying. It was weird. They're probably just going to do a tag match with Jericho. Obviously, Jericho has to be involved in it. Since he's the, he's the centerpiece of all this. You know, we get, <laughs> what, the, the sex gods back? Ugh. I guess. <laughs> That was such a cringy name. Oh, it was. But the cutout that the he gave Jericho was... It was now, that was I hilarious. Need, I need that. And a, little that bit of the, and a little bit of the 40. You know, I need a little bit of that, too. <laughs> that was my favorite part of that whole, that whole segment with Jericho. Anyways, do you want to move on from that? You got something else to say with that? No, I'm good. Let's go. Uh, we're going to move on to the, to the tag match. For the triple A, how, how you say it in Spanish? Triple, I can't even say it, bro. Triple A. Triple A. There you go. I'm fucking Spanish. I can't even say that shit. The mystery team was Las Super Ranas. Did I say it correctly? Las Super Ranas? Yes. But in English, in- translates to super frogs. <laughs> but then obviously a match went on. It was pretty obvious who they was. Off-rip. You called it off-rip. You called it. When you sent me the text, you called it off-rip. It was FTR. And then the match just... It went from... It was... What, like a... Like a little gimmick shit going on. A little... uh, We already know what's going to happen to turn it into a good fucking match. With a surprising outcome. Yeah, I was uh, yeah. This took me by surprise. I did not expect them to actually beat the Lucha Brothers. I didn't expect them to actually wrestle. You know, I didn't expect them to go out and wrestle the way they did. I thought it was just gonna be like a, you know, like a little quick match. 
a little fuck around match. But then it ended up turning into a good fucking match. And I really did not expect them to win. You liked the match? I liked the match. I enjoyed it. I enjoy FTR and I I enjoy the Lucha Bros. Phoenix, I enjoy watching Phoenix. And, you know, I told you this since they debuted it on AEW. I like FTR. I'm always behind them. I, I, you know, I think every match they really have is, is good in my eyes. I like yeah, I'm not going to say it's like the worst match I've ever seen, but my ex- I guess my expectations were way too high based on who was in the match. Probably. that. See, I didn't expect it to be a good match, but when it turned out the way it did, it passed my expectations, and that's why I consider it a good match. The outcome was obviously the surprising part. And I like mean, you, to me, uh-huh. to me, it seems like they they held back a little bit because this might be the program for full gear. Probably. So, yeah. I mean, you had a good point when you when you told me that they probably won to go wrestle in Mexico because they keep winning. And they keep winning, and they're not in the title. They're not in the title scene just yet, you know. Yeah. So them going to Mexico probably do them justice. I don't think they're gonna lose the titles to anybody in Mexico, unless they have a rematch with the Lucha Bros at at a uh, full gear. Winner take all the Triple A's and the AEW tag titles. Honestly, like I would have them lose it to like somebody like Private Party. Somebody who can use the actual experience in Mexico or something. Like, I think those guys are really good. I like Private Party a lot. I loved them before they joined with Matt Hardy. Yeah, they need a guy. The Butcher and the Blake can stay with Matt Hardy all they want. They're relevant. But Private Party is... I enjoy the hell out of them. until Until they went with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's been... He's been probably the, one of the worst things in AEW at the moment. His whole little faction has just been one of the worst things on AEW, in my opinion. It's probably other stuff, but what really is worse than Matt Hardy right now? So anyway, the finish of this match saw Ray Phoenix on the top rope. I think he went for a moonsault. That's what it looked like. Uh, I forgot if it was... I forgot which one it was. But one of the FTR guys, mid-flip, hit him with the AAA tag team title. Uh, it was uh, uh, behind the referee's back. It was Dash. Dash, okay. And then he pinned them, one, two, three. New champs. Then we cut to a promo backstage with Leo Rush and Dante Martin. Leo was talking about the failure that Dante Martin went through tonight and claimed that he was going to be Dante's new tag team partner. That should so- be very interesting. You saw in Dante's face, he was not happy. Yeah, he was not having it. it Looks like this is just set up for his brother Darius to come back because he's been out for a minute. Like, I feel like he's been out for a full year already. I don't see. I forgot he was even a part of AEW. His brother? Yeah. He's been gone for a while. You know, like, I kind of forgot about him. I mean, yeah, we all had. Dante Martin's been killing it lately, so. More than killing it. They, he's got more TV time than TV time than Matt Sidell. And eh, who else? Matt Sidell doesn't need TV time. What you mean? 
He's a veteran. He knows how to work TV. That's what I mean. Uh, well, in that, actually, yeah, I'm talking about he's on TV more. He should be. He needs to get over. I mean, he kind of is over. I wonder how this I whole... That was a veteran. He, he's done. Like, that's it for him. He doesn't need... He, he's, he's okay wrestling on dark or elevation with the new guys and then re- losing to the elite guys on TV. That's his role. He's good for that. Because he's the only one that can afford, really, the loss when they need it. Exactly. Like he lost Punk, and he knew he was going to lose, but I just want to know where this whole thing with Leo Rush and Dante is going. If it sets up for his brother's return, does that mean Leo's going to get a tag team partner and then they're going to have a tag match? Probably. Or they just do Dante versus Leo one-on-one. I guess I will- Dante loses, and then... Just have him reunite with his brother. I don't know. Something like that. His brother comes out to save him from Leo doing something. Maybe. It's the best way you could bring him back and make him feel relevant. I don't know. I wouldn't like that, to be honest. It's the only way. What other way would you bring him back? A backstage segment? Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Uh, uh, I mean, come on. Remember remember Jamie Hayter's debut, how flat that shit was? Like, nobody reacted to Shorty. Like, yeah, okay, nobody okay. Nobody she was. Okay, yeah, you're right. Now, everybody loves her. Yeah, so, like, I, I don't want to do Okay, like you, that again. Uh, you right, you right. You right. Anyway, we went backstage. Turns out that Andrade paid MJF to hire FTR to use as, I guess, agents to take out the Lucha Bros. Hit and make them lose the title. Yeah, Hitman. There you go. It was very smart. I, li- I-, I like that. Hearing MJF say Poppy weirded me out, though. I'm not going to lie. Pretty yeah. good segment. I li- I li- that was the most personality I've seen from Andrade. I like it a lot. Yeah. I was actually surprised, in all honesty. But then that's where does this go though? Like with the Lucha Bros and Andrade and Pac. Uh, I don't know. I don't like, know. I really don't I don't know where it's going. It's setting and I, up and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not knowing. Yeah, that's the good part about it, you know? It's surprising, but it's just like you question yourself. What the fuck is gonna go on now? They lost the triple A titles. Now, what, what's going to happen when they defend the AEW tag titles at full gear? It's going to get interesting. Because it might not even be against FTR, to be honest. It could be against somebody else. I thought, you know, we thought for a while it was going to be proud and powerful, but yeah, now, yeah. now, we, now we don't know who. Yeah. It could be FTR, I, I won't mind, but... And... I kind of hope not. I don't want them to do the rematch so soon again, like because they kind of yeah, do that a lot. It's honest. like right around. It's like right around the corner. Full gear. I forget. Yeah, it's for like a month. Honestly, four weeks. Damn, so close already. Jeez, yep. it felt so far. Not too long ago. Hmm. All right. Anyway, next match: Wheeler Yuta versus Moxley. Complete squash. Moxley match. wins versus Moxley wins via murder. He literally came in there, <laughs> fucked him up. But I just left. And oh, left. Like he just, just dipped. My man had zero time for interaction. He did not care. Absolute zero fucks given. 
completely fucked him up and just completely did like it never fucking happened. So if you remember, I don't remember exactly when it, it could have been like a month ago, maybe two months ago. Moxley cut a backstage promo talking about how all of a sudden everybody wants a taste of AEW. He was taking shots at everybody, right? He was taking shots at Hangman, at Punk, everybody. He did not care. And then the ladder match when Hangman came back, right? They were Mm -hmm. booing Moxley for Hangman, right? And obviously Moxley lost that match. And now tonight he squashes Wheeler Yuta. This, I think, is going to be this this all everything i just mentioned i think is leading up to his eventual heel turn because i think he's going to be the first guy for hangman to feud with for the world so real quick before before we move on i just want to give props to yuda because i legit couldn't tell if he was actually injured or he was just selling the way the ref and i don't, I don't know who the other guy was this is doctor um, yeah the doctor maybe the way like they were help, trying to get him up, but the way he was like selling made it look like he was legit fucked. Like he was really injured. Like Moxley really beat the bricks out of him. Yeah. So shout out to him because he's also another young guy. He's like 23. So I think he's another f- guy that's going to come up in the future. So uh, yeah, props to him for that. Um, so-, so after that, we had a uh, Serena D promo. You know, I love me some Serena D, bro. She is so good. She's she growing on me. She, uh, she, she talked about how the division has been too comfortable, too fun since she's been gone. And I, and I agree with her. I agree with her. This division needs to step it up. And now that she's Badly. back, it, it, it might finally happen. Then out of nowhere, my girl Sheeta came through and threw her fucking jacket in her face. <laughs> you so- with that shit, bro. She whipped it at her. They started brawling. The only thing, the only thing I didn't like about this was like I felt like they cut away way too quickly. Like way too let, soon. They just yeah, they didn't like let the quick. brawl play out a little bit. It was like they started brawling and then just got away from it. I, that was a complaint. I was just about to say also like they should have let them fight it out more. Yeah. Or at least ha- have, like, security guards come break them up or something. Yeah, like, refs are on point with everybody else. And then these two is just let them bro 10 seconds, 5 seconds, cut off. Boom. And my favorite, my favorite thing that happened was Punk was talking about her hair, saying that she had a nice set of hair. So for those who don't get the reference, way back in 2010, when they were both in WWE, she joined his Great yeah. uh, Edge Society group <laughs> with Luke Gallows. Cut her hair in the middle of the ring, so obviously her hair has grown back since then. Oh shit! I didn't even so catch on to that. Oh fuck! Oh, Punk is fucking a genius. Yeah, he he's good with the references. With so the references. That, so after that, we got to the Super Click versus the Dark Order match. Listen, I do not like the Dark Order. But I give props where they're due. They are very good wrestlers. Their combos is insane. Their tag team combos are fucking beautiful. This was a very fun match. Um, 
yeah, like like he just said, uh, like Jose said, their tag team combos are amazing because they do them so well. Like, I, yeah, so quick pace, so yeah. it's like it's like spot on. It's yes. not like they take. It's not like a single pause in it. It's just boom, straight to it, like no stopping. And I love when they do that. That's the only thing I look forward to in their tag team matches when they do yep. that combo. It is yeah. so clean. The little, the yeah. especially the suplex from John, from John, bro, because he's so little, so it looks when he does it <laughs> so fast, it just looks so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Little brolic dude, you know? yeah. So they did a spot where you know the usual spot where Adam Cole has somebody and the camel clutch and the young bucks they run the ropes like a couple times and then they kiss him on the cheek. So they were setting up for that, but. When the Young Bucks reached the rope, some Dark Order members pulled them out of the ring. And Adam Cole has his eyes closed when doing this spot. So what happened was John Silver and Alex Reynolds came in the ring, and they kissed him on the cheek instead of the Young Bucks. Huge pop from the crowd for that. I personally didn't really like that. I like I don't, It was funny. Know. It was funny. I yeah. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But it, it got a pop from the crowd, so I enjoyed it as well. Um, but still, it's just because of the Dark Order. You know, I'm biased against them. And then the hugest pop for this fucking match. Mr. Sacco made a cameo. Evil <laughs> Uno pulling out Mr. Sacco on Nick Jackson. Like I said, huge pop from the crowd. That was awesome. I'll give him that. That was awesome. That was. I kind of murked a little bit, not going to lie, with the crowd. Felt like a little kid again. Uh, the finish of this match came when uh, the Young Bucks hit the BTE trigger. I forgot who was who was on, but they hit the BTE trigger for the finish. That was it. One, two, three. They win. Like a really fun. Like this was a uh, a PWG match on steroids, pretty much, because it's on TV. Yes, it was awesome. Yeah, that's the perfect fucking example, bro. Good example. <laughs> So uh, after the match, uh, Jungle Boy came out, and uh, he obviously he wanted to attack the elite. They all left, and they left Cutler alone. They left my man. <laughs> bro, Cutler gets... Well, I love Cutler, bro, because he gets everything tossed onto him. Yeah, so then uh, <laughs> Jungle Boy had a steel chair, and, you know, Cutler had his little sprays. He tried to spray Jungle Boy, but he used the chair as a shield. I thought that was fun. Look, man, their comedy isn't for everybody, but I, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed it. So then uh, Jungle Boy hit him with the steel chair, and he put him in his finisher, the snare trap, while spraying spray. him with his own spray. <laughs> I loved it, bro. I loved this was it. Good. This was very good. That whole the segment only thing was I great. Didn't like the only thing I didn't like, though, is, again, look, he's still young. He'll get it eventually, okay? He'll get it. But Jungle Boy tried to look aggressive and, like, intimidating here. It just didn't work for me, you know? He'll get it, though. Like I said, he's still very young. He'll get it. He'll get it one day. I mean, there was something that Bully said on the Busted Open podcast. that some of these wrestlers... When Jungle Boy hits them with a clothesline, they oversell it. 
you know, they do like the little flip. He's not he's not a big dude, you know. He's not that intimidating, so I'm not gonna lie, I never even like noticed that. I didn't notice that until he mentioned it. And then when I looked back at a couple of matches, Adam Cole did it. I think one of the young bucks did it. It's like I know they want him to look good, but he, you know, he's not the biggest guy. Yeah. Anyway. So the nightmare factory segment. So apparently all of Cody's students hate this, his guts all of a sudden. <laughs> I, I don't know where it came from. Apparently he's been acting very ego, egotistical towards them, I guess. Showing up late. Uh, Lee Johnson, Brock Anderson, Red Velvet, Arn Anderson was there. And then Red Velvet called them an arrogant piece of shit and slapped, gave him a nice little slap. She needs to work on her slaps. That did not look like it hurt at all. So she needs to, she needs to work on that. Um, so they got into like this little thing, like a drill, where the goal was Cody had to have eyes everywhere because they all were attacking him one at a time, but like in succession, like there was no pause. So like after one person attacked him, the next person would come immediately. So he just had to keep moving and moving and moving. And eventually he got blood, like he got uh, blood on his lips. And Killian King, again, she she slapped the fuck out of him. That was a good slap. She needs to, Red Bubba needs to take notes. That's how you slap <laughs> someone. That was a good slap. All right. And then Arn Anderson, and this was my fear from these segments. I think they've been pretty good, but this was my biggest fear coming out of it. Arn showed Cody a picture of his father, Dusty Rhodes, and a picture of himself when they were when they had a match. And apparently during that match, Arn got 30 stitches. And his point was that the crowd did not boo Dusty for giving him those 30 stitches, saying that he had it coming. He was saying that Malachi Black also has it coming. And then, of course, later on in the night, my biggest fear came true. Cody versus Malachi Black. Three. Part three. It's like a fucking, like the Rocky movies. They just keep going. Rocky, one, two, three. Malachi Black, Cody, one, two, three. I'm not going to lie. I never watched the Rocky movies. Oh, my God. But I'm assuming that Rocky lost all three times, yes? Because uh, Cody, Cody has to lose. He cannot beat Malachi okay, Black. He, he was the underdog, and then he won big fights. This is obviously not going to be the same because Cody is getting his ass whipped. Do you think Cody wins in the, in the trilogy? That's my fear. But after losing two, it's just even if he wins this one, what would it even be a big win? But that's obviously, my it'll, be, point. it'll be a big win to Cody, but to us, it'll be like, you know, he finally beat him after getting an ass whooping for weeks and him terrorizing the whole fucking nightmare factory. But that's my point. It'll be a loss for no reason then, because it's not even a big win, because he's up 2 0 right it's now. Exactly, like literally no reason. So I don't know why would they do that. But but see, here's my opinion, right? I think what they're going to do is, here's what I would do, okay? Malachi Black beats him again. And Arn Anderson, you know, he gets pissed, right? And he cuts a nice little promo on him. But then Cody just says, you know what? 
fuck it. And as Arn Anderson is about to walk out of the ring, he just hits him with a crossroads. That's what I would do. Instant heel heat for Cody. Instant. And then we start his heel turn. That's it. Okay, I like it. I like it. MJF came out for his supposed match with Darby Allen. As you all know, last week, Darby Allen was attacked by some mysterious four masked men. It was the pinnacle, but, you know. And, and that's my favorite part about AEW. You know, even with FTR earlier in the night and with the pinnacle then, they didn't try to pretend that there were people we didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like that a lot. They're not trying to insult me. I really appreciate that. <laughs> so he, so MGF, MGF himself was talking about like pretending that he had no idea that Darby was attacked. And I really didn't like this part because Tony Schiavone, he wouldn't shut the fuck up, bro. Like he was talking over MJF the whole time. Like I love Tony, but he needs to shut the fuck up sometimes. Like let the guys cut their promos. And then he called out a ref and uh, not called out. He forced out a ref. Well, Wardlow forced out a ref. <laughs> Wardlow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was Bryce Remsburg. He was the ref. Um, he wanted him to do a 10 count to count Darby out for a forfeit. So that's what he did. But then when they got the, when they were about to get to 10, Sting's music hits. Things come out. Sting comes out there. He has the his infamous baseball bat. MJF pushing Wardlow towards the bat. So Wardlow has to take the baseball bat shot while MJF runs away. Listen, bro. The more weeks go by, the more I can't wait till Wardlow just fucks MJF up. Rip his head off with a clothesline from hell. It's probably going to set up the match of full gear now. Nah, I think that's way too soon at this point. It's way too soon? Yeah. So what, you think think Revolution? Maybe. Because here's the thing, right? Like, I think they're not pushing Wardlow enough in in, in the sense of, like, he's not really – he's only having tag matches with Sean Spears on, like, elevation and shit. Like, he's not doing anything by himself. So doing that to then – just turning on MJF like that. I don't know. That's not a good look. I think he should get some singles wins. Do you remember how like Batista betrayed Triple H? Yeah. You remember that? That was iconic an iconic moment. Of course I remember that. Yeah. So like something like that. Remember Batista was being pushed as a singles guy. Like he was, he was away from evolution, but he was still with evolution. That's what I mean. That's what needs to happen with Wardlow first, because I don't, I don't feel like he's established enough as a singles guy, because when him and MJF fight, I think he, he he obviously needs to win. So I just don't think tagging with Sean Spears, beating Jobbers up to then beating MJF, I don't think that's a good look. So I think he needs to get a couple singles wins first before they even start that. Uh, so build up his credibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then after that, another segment, Anna Jay was in the back being interviewed by Tony Schiavone talking about the Dark Order. Then Britt Baker come out of nowhere. Huge pop for Britt Baker, DMD, of course. D-M-D. 
she was talking about how the Dark Order are losers. And then Anna Jay interrupted her saying that they're not losers. At least course, I know which Baker side you on. Her. I know which side you on. <laughs> yeah, and then Ray Baker kindly reminded her, hello, they just lost a match. So, of course, they're losers. And then she said that Anna herself is a loser because she hangs out with them. And then she says that she's nothing without them or without Ty Conti. And I got to admit, the forearm Anna threw at Britt, that shit sounded really, it looked good, but it sounded even better. It, 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 yeah, it was good. It was really fucking good. Props to her for that. And props to Britt for immediately throwing back. Because you, like, you know, sometimes in wrestling, one of the dumbest things I see is, like, somebody gets hit, then they act all shocked or whatever. Like, nah, yeah, Britt, they just sit there. Britt immediately started throwing down with her. I love that. <laughs> she said, bitch, you want static? Oh, yeah, right. Hey, oh, right. Have... You didn't watch any women's matches. <laughs> no, I didn't watch none of the women's <laughs> matches. That match was bad. I kind of seen was... a glimpse of it. It was bad. Yeah, the crowd did not give one single fuck for the first half. For the first half. Only good thing about know that match happened. was when Ruby came out. And like, she wasn't even the in the crowd, match. They got the, no, they got the crowd kind of into it after the commercial break. But Pen- best best part of the match was Penelope Ford did a nice little uh, handspring cutter. That was really nice. And then her submission finisher looks really nice as well. The Muda Lock. I like it a lot. Nothing, you know. Don't go out of your way to watch this shit. Like, it, no. <laughs> I, I don't know why this is on TV, to be honest with you. I don't understand. Like, I understand you got to calm the crowd down, but, like, come on, bro. This ain't it. It's definitely ain't it. All right, let's get away from all that and jump into the best promo of the fucking night from my guy, Miro. Man, bro, chills watching that whole promo. The cutscenes, him being in the shadows while talking, everything about that promo was fucking great. Yeah, he was talking about how he felt forsaken from his God for making him lose the TNT title. I like I likes that a lot. It's so oh. simple, but he makes it work. Yeah. He was talking about how he hasn't been able to see his wife because he's no longer the champion. He said that one way or another, if he doesn't make him the champion again, he will become his enemy. And see, but how do you do this? Because is he really going to be Sammy again? He could, or or he goes on a massive rampage and after you know the match with hangman and the winner of the tournament you have miro stepping it's the only way really to do it i don't it's no point of him winning back the tnt title but he shouldn't be hangman either in my opinion so then what they do with miro then i don't know but this promo was in, well, whatever. That's in the future. This was excellent, though. Okay, excellent imagery. And the best part, if you didn't notice, my man was hiding his neck in the shadows <laughs> <laughs> because you know that's like his weakness, right? His neck. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's another. That's another. He mentioned that too. How like, yo, you gave me this rock hard body, but you make my neck mad fragile. I, excellent work, bro. That shit was excellent. Pointing out his weaknesses and still made it sound great, bro. That whole promo was amazing. 
Yeah. I fucking loved it. Just the cutscenes, everything. And then the way he tried to like move away from the shadow after the promo ended was great. That's it. Then after that, we got my favorite fucking wrestler, Hangman Adam Page. He came out for a promo. Talked about how he well, he pretty much summed up the whole story. If you have if you've been following AEW from the very beginning, you know what the story is. Him losing to Jericho, him well, wanting to become the first ever AEW champion, then but losing to Jericho, kind of going down a downward spiral with his confidence. He started drinking. His best friends kind of fucked him over. You know, all of that. He talked about all of that. Then he talked about how he, during his hottest run of his career, all that momentum he built up and how he got new friends with the Dark Order. He lost a tag match against uh, the Elite. He walked away from it all to go be with his family because his wife had a baby boy. Said that was cowboy shit. Taking care of your family is cowboy shit. Right? Cowboy shit. That shit is gaining so your, over. Gaining your confidence is cowboy shit. Believing in yourself is cowboy, cowboy shit. shit. And he said that the crowd always believed in him. And for the first time in his life, he believes in himself too. My favorite part about this promo, besides the promo itself, was the fact that the crowd was dead fucking silent. They ha- he had them in the palm of his fucking hands the whole time. That's how you know this dude is the most over person in this company right now. That's probably one of his best promos. Yeah, to me, that's it. that is his best promo ever. And then we had the, the main event, Brian Danielson versus Bobby Fish. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really watch the match. It was like... I watched it, but I wasn't really like watching it, you know. You gave it, it a good. a three star something rating, and you barely yeah. watched it. I it give it a good. I give it a solid four, you know, because Dan Danielson, he's been fucking amazing since joining a fucking W, and I think that match was good after wrestling after wrestling the night before, you know. It's just a downgrade out, to me, bro. Well, yeah, that's a downgrade, but it was still a good match. But I don't give a fuck about Bobby Fish. That's the problem. The, you can't, the, you can't yeah. expect me to get invested and, you know. The problem is Bobby fucking Fish has main evented. He main evented two Dynamites already, correct? Did, it, did he main event against Sammy for the TNT title, right? Ooh, I think so. Yeah, I don't so- remember. He just got in main event at two dynamites already. This should be his last. It should be his last, at least for a while. Because they could probably yeah. have him for another occasion. But it's like I think it's back almost back to back nights. Back to back dynamites. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know what they see in here. I mean, he's a good wrestler. He's not bad. Back to back main event dynamites. Just to take a L. I think he's just there to take out well, yeah of course that's what he's there for obviously he, but, I mean, he's good fair, at the tag to be fair you don't have brian on the show and not main event i get it i get why he's there but i mean i get why he's in the main event but still i just i don't care about him i never cared about him. even when he was in the undisputed era i didn't care about him then either so i loved the undisputed era so i kind of liked him 
even though he wasn't my favorite member in there. You already know who was my favorite member. I don't care about affiliation. So I didn't care about Roddy. I didn't care about Kyle O'Reilly. And I didn't care about him. It was always about Adam Cole. You know what? Fuck you, okay? Don't talk about my boy Roddy like that. Anyway, that was the end of the show. They previewed the the cards for next week for Dynamite and Rampage. So for Rampage, we got Anna J versus Britt Baker. About time. Andrade versus Pac Part 2. With no build-up. And we got, for the tournament, which we'll talk about in a little bit, Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs. That's the first round of the tournament bracket. That's all going to happen on Rampage. And That's for, a stacked Rampage. Yeah, that is pretty stacked. Crap. That is pretty stacked. And for Dynamite, so far the card is Cody versus Malachi Black 3. So I knew, for well, like we already touched on this a little bit, but I'm actually surprised that they, they're, they're doing this on Dynamite and they're not doing it at full gear. Yeah, I'll that's, give, that's another surprise. Okay. Are you good? No, um, no, you're good. You get you give them props for doing it early instead of waiting a little bit longer. But yeah, we, we could. I so, so the thing is, like, I was all their matches have been on Dynamite though. You no, know, but I'm saying I, I was kind of hoping they would save it for full gear just because this will be the second pay per view in a row. That Malachi Black misses. That's the only reason why I wanted it at full gear. But whatever. If he misses this, I'll be pissed. But who? I mean, he has to miss it. Who else is he going to face? Fuck, man. Don't fucking do this to me. Tony Connor, you fucking listening, but you're not. Don't fucking do this to me. Don't do this to us. He needs to be there. So let's bro. talk about so let's talk about this tournament bracket right here. So like like I said, Orange looks, Cassidy versus it looks Powerhouse mad, Hobbs. It looks mad random. Dark Orders ten versus John Moxley. Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Danielson, and Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. So now I've seen a couple complaints about this, and I'm not saying I disagree, but here is truth. If you watch any other sport. AEW follows this exact format. So if you don't like it, blame all the other sports that do the same thing, okay? The format for for tournaments are always seeded, okay? Which means the higher seed always fights a lower seed. So that's why something like 10 versus John Moxley, obviously a main eventer versus a tag team guy, a nobody essentially, right? That's what always happens in the first round. That happens in a lot of other sports. So if you don't like that, again, blame other sports for doing that shit because they that's the way they do it. But I do agree, Dustin Rhodes and Ten should not be in this tournament. I I I like I said, I do agree with that. It is random. Um. So anyway, but but who you got? Tell me who you got for this first round, for these first rounds. Moxley, of course, on one yeah. side. Orange Cassidy is probably gonna win, even though I personally want Hobbs to win. I agree with that. Lance Archer is most likely going to beat Eddie Kingston. It could go either way there anyways. It could literally go either way in that one. I want Archer to win because of the next match. I want Brian is going to win. And I kind of want to see them go at it. That's a fact. It'll, it'll feel like 
Brock versus Brian again, you know, type of vibe. So I, I would like to see that. And then obviously, you know, before I even get to my second round predictions, your first round predictions are probably the same. So yeah, well, yeah, I want Power Hob Powerhouse Hobbs to beat Orange Cassidy, but I doubt it. Um, Don Cass- Moxley Cassidy's too over in Tony Khan's eyes right now. It's not even that for me personally. It's just that I think they never fought before. A powerhouse Hobbs and Moxley. So I kind of want to see that. Well, I mean, I don't think he's fought Orange Cassidy before either, right? Well, Hobbs? Yeah, they fought for Cassidy. No, 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 Moxley, Moxley. Moxley? I, I don't know. I Look, don't... I think either one of those matches are a banger anyway, to be honest with you. So, But the only reason why I want Hobbs to win is because when he fought Cassidy before, he lost. And it was like 30 seconds, too. He got squashed. So I kind of want him to win here. But with the whole wheeler Yuta situation, it's, it's going to be Orange Cassidy. Not to mention, like I said, they're planning a heel turn. So it doesn't really make sense for him to turn heel on a heel. You know what I'm saying? Powerhouse, powerhouse is a heel. So Mosley fucking him up, it's not going to do him any favor. He has yes. to fuck up Orange Cassidy. So. Okay. Now, I see the logic behind it. Still want Hobbs, but yeah, like I said, I still I, I do want Hobbs to win, but and then of course Brian Danielson's beating Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, that's just a filler match, to be honest. Yeah. The only like matches said, I, that feel like actual matches is Hobbs, Cassidy, Archer, and Kingston. The other two are just fillers. Yeah. Like I said, I do agree that it, it's not a good look, but the thing is, like, how do you justify? having Miro or Malachi Black or CM Punk in this and having them lose. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the tough part about tournaments. We just got to take the lesser evil on this one. Like, this is it. <sighs> Tell me right. I'm wrong. No, you're right. You're right. But Damn. here's the thing, right? The obvious final is Moxley versus Brian. Who walks away with the window? It's, it has to be Moxley. If he's going on the heel turn, it has to be Moxley. You can't put a baby face with another baby face. I mean, you can, but it wouldn't yeah, make but sense. It, yeah, it wouldn't make sense at this moment. Since he just came off winning the title. Just, I mean, you could have it as a quick one-on-one match that, oh, I respect you, so I'll give you a match type shit. You know, that bullshit they always pull like that. <laughs> Moxley should definitely just... Should he be healed from the start or just go turn heel on Cassidy. But that's the thing. Moxley's a character that he don't really need, like, he don't give a fuck if you're a baby face. Yeah, his, his, character, his character right now is a I don't give a fuck mentality. So it's like, if he turns heel, is this going to be almost the same persona? Yeah, it is. Well, that's, actually, that's... Maybe, maybe the, the promos are going to be cut a little different. That's all I see really different. There will well, be like different. You, his, character, his character is pretty much like it's like Stone Cold, bro. Let's, let's just keep it. It's like Stone Cold, where he didn't really give a fuck who you were. If he had a problem with you, he was going to fuck you up. And that's it. That's his character. Because, like I said, that promo he cut two months ago, calling Hangman an emo bitch, he was still a babyface when he said that shit. <laughs> that's my point. His character is I don't give a fuck who you are. Like, so, yeah, his heel turn 
it's not going to be a real heel turn. It's going to be the same Moxley, but he's just going to fuck up popular baby faces like Brian. Yeah, it's just going to be a a badass Moxley, a badass or Moxley. Yeah, that's all it's going to be. Break but the yeah, rules, I do think, not give a fuck, Moxley. Yeah, but I do think, yeah, I think Brian has to take the L on this one. It's going to suck to see that and take that L, bro, but... I don't think so. I I I, I like it. Look, bro, a heel. I'm sorry. I'll take a heel mox over over babyface Brian all day. I'm sorry. I don't care how good he is in the ring. He does not touch Moxley when it comes to promos. I do agree with that. I do fucking agree with that. Moxley's been godly on the mic since joining AEW. Yeah, he has to win. Brian, it's Brian, bro. He's a fucking legend. He can afford the L. Like, I don't think it's, it's that big of a deal. It's not unless he lo- unless he loses in the second round by a cheat. No, nah, I doubt that. Yeah, Come on, bro. You did not sacrifice John Moxley versus Brian Danielson at full gear for like John Moxley versus. Oh shit! I for- yeah, I forgot the main event is at full gear. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I forgot that the main that the finals of the tournament is at full gear. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. You add and that match, why- Moxley. Brian and then Hangman Omega, that already alone is selling the pay-per-view. And that's why, like I said, I agree that it's random, but that's why it's important to have filler because a lot of these guys are not going to deliver on pay-per-view. Like you it know. would have it would have been good to have a super stag tournament, but I'm okay with this one. Well, like even if it was other names, like even if Dante Martin was in the tournament. You know what I'm saying? Like something like that. Like why 10? Why Dustin Rose? That, that those are the two names that just it's just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, like I didn't understand Dustin. Who would you replace? Who who would you replace for him though? Like I said, Dante Martin or something like that. And then who you replace 10 with? Uh exactly. No, hold on. Let me think a little bit. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. Take it so long, my guy. See exactly. I don't know. Cause, but it's a it's a good problem to have. But like exactly. they do protect a lot. Oh, Brian K, Ricky Dude. Starks. See, I would, I would have loved Ricky. Garcia. I would. Brian Cage though, eh? Nobody gives literally zero shits about that guy, and he's a baby but, face. But my point is, he's a guy who can take an L. Yeah. I'm not talking about how over they are, just the fact that they can take L's and are still credible enough to be in the tournament. Yeah, it would have been better over 10. And you know but, what? Even if, okay, fuck it. Even 10, you know, he's a big dude. It's believable, right? But why Dustin? Dustin is the one I really want to replace. He is the one that doesn't fit for real. He just got his ass full by Malachi Black a couple of weeks ago. Why is he in this shit? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was Dante. I would I would have loved to see Dante and Brian in the first round. Or even Leo Rush. Literally anybody. Like, why does he's the one that throws the shit off for the loop? It's him. Quick question. So they have a tournament for the AEW title, right? Uh-huh. What they're gonna do with the TNT title? Do they have a tournament? Do they have a battle royal? Or do they just have him feud straight up with somebody like Ethan Page or some shit? Nah, I, I, 
to be honest, I love the direction the TNT title was with Cody and with Miro and with Darby. And I just hope they keep on that same trajectory. Yeah, like he's TNT champion mixed in a a six in a trios feud. No, no, no. But I'm saying that's okay. Because see, what I'm saying is think about it. I'm thinking Miro only really had two feuds his whole title reign. That was with Eddie and that was with Sammy. Everything else was just like random open challenges and shit like that. I like that for that title. You know what I mean? I mean, he did it off rip. He did the open challenge off rip. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I want them to keep going like that. So I don't mind him being in a six-man feud with with his friends. But then, you know, come full gear, he had the challenger lined up. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, so far right now, we don't know any direction the TNT title is going with because he's in this feud with ATT. Yeah. And the inner circle. So it's like, still, who who really still... challenged him? You know, he probably gonna have open open challenge every other week until leading up to full gear. But who really challenges him for the TNT title? I don't know. I I wish me personally. I wish it was Adam Cole. So I think they'll have a fucking banger match, but it probably won't be. Nah, if, if Adam Cole challenges him, he has to win. Adam Cole, right? And I I think he should. Yeah. Win. I think Adam Cole should win. But Sammy shouldn't lose so fast, though. You know? He just got the damn thing. Fuck, man. So it's like, who the fuck challenges <laughs> him, bro? Maybe a youngin, you know? Maybe somebody like Daniel Garcia. I mean, they are building him up. Dude, I like Daniel Garcia, bro. I, I, I can't I, even I, did, I didn't like him at first because I didn't like 2.0. But after watching BT a lot more, 2.0 grew on me. And then the part the there was on the AW unrestricted podcast made me more fan. And then because of them, because of them, me not liking them, I didn't really care for Garcia. Then after watching him wrestle and everything, he's grew on me, and then 2.0 grew on me. So I kind of like that little trio stable now. Don't talk shit about it either, because I know I changed my mind a lot with some wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, you do. But it's just some um, people, like, I hate them at first, then they grow on me. It's not that I, I mean, hate them. It's that I don't like the character off-rip, and then they grow on me. Yeah. That's what happened with me with Braun Strowman. But, um, <sighs> Braun Strowman. You heard he signed in with Impact? Yeah. Good. That's cool. Good for good. them, man. <laughs> yeah, good. Keep him over there. Take Buddy Matthews over there. Even though I would love him to be a disciple for Malachi Black. I just want Impact to get better, bro. Like, that's it. They signed the Iconics, aka whatever, the Inspirations, I think is their and name. And they got a title shot off rip. That's crazy. They know the draw there, but again. got a title shot. What? That's crazy to me. And then they might sign Braun Strowman. And Buddy Matthews should Bray. really join them. Sign who? Bray. His name is not Bray anymore. I don't give a fuck. He's Bray going Wyatt. by. He's going by. Uh, his, I think his real name, but he like shortened it. Wyndham Rotunda. I think he's going with Wyndham. If I if I saw it correctly. But they should sign him too. They should. I I don't want to see him in AEW. But it's yeah. not even that for me, bro. Like, I mean, I don't yeah. want to see him there either. But the the truth is, like, I like 
the women in Impact, but like their men's roster is fucking basura. Like it is trash. I'm not into anybody over there that's a male. They like they missed their opportunity with giving Moose the title. And now it's just where the fuck is Moose at? Where the fuck is anybody at? Christian is uh, there and, and he has the title match this Saturday. I think Bound for Glory is this Saturday. Yeah, I do, yeah, I think it is a Saturday. Yeah, it's this Saturday. And he's facing uh Ethan Page's old partner. I think Alexander's Alexander, name is right. Yeah. He's a fucking good wrestler. I heard. He needs to get out of impact. That. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, actually going to watch that. I'm actually going to watch that. I think he needs to get out of impact. Unless impact turns it, it Unless impact turns it around and becomes better, he needs to leave there. He's just going to waste his career there. He's a really good wrestler. Him and Eat the Pace together were fucking great. So well, see, that's the, the thing, bro. Like, that's the thing that people need to understand. Sometimes you're a big fish in a small pond, but that's the perfect place for you, you know? Yeah. It worked out for Bobby Lashley. It worked out for Drew McIntyre. But look, it's not working out for Brian Cage, right? Wasn't he like a big-ass name in Impact? And look what happened Yeah, to he now. was like X-Division champion, which I don't understand. Then he was Impact champion. He was kind of over a little bit, but not as much. But that's Impact, bro. <laughs> I feel like anybody can get over an impact. That's my point. Big fish in a small pond. Now he's in a big pond, and now he don't look as big, do he? Because he can't talk. And whose fault is that? He's been he in the is. business how fucking long, and he still can't fucking cut a promo? Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Bingo Hall Podcast.